good to be up here. Jody, I had to go blow my nose because you got me teary-eyed. Come on. But thank you for that reminder of what communion's all about, why we remember Jesus. So thank you for that this morning, to be reminded of the importance of remembering Jesus. We don't want to forget that there's people that are online, so welcome to those people that are listening online. Um, we never want to forget whoever's listening. We don't want to forget them. Thank you all for being here this morning. Um, to be honest, this week was one of the most, um, everything was on my mind this week. I mean, from Monday to Saturday, my mind was not cluttered, but there was a lot of stuff I was thinking about. But you see the title on the screen, Thanksgiving and Prayer. Um, I was saying a lot of thanks this week. Um, got into prayer, and it's something that we need to learn and grow in together. Um, because I, I forget about prayer. I don't stop and take time to pray. So the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and prayer. Today, we're going to go to Philippians, so you can be turning there if you want to. Today, from Philippians, we're going to see what Paul talks about. Next week, we'll talk about what he said to the believers at Colossae. And then two weeks from today, we'll see what Paul says to the believers at Thessalonica. Um, but there's many more places we could go to in the Bible that talk about Thanksgiving and prayer. Three weeks, I know, is not enough, but we're, we're going to have three weeks to study together. And I hope these three weeks, as we learn about Thanksgiving and prayer from these three passages, that we will go home and study more and grow more and learn more. Because you know my favorite thing to say, don't ever stop growing and learning in our knowledge of God, in our knowledge of His grace that is in our lives, that we can grow and learn and go out and be disciples that Jesus calls us to be. To be honest, there's two categories we can be in, right? We can be people that be thankful and pray a lot every day. Or like myself, we can struggle with being thankful and especially prayer every day. We're either people that love it and do it, or people that are like, do I have to? So when we come today and the next two, three weeks, let us be willing to be like, okay, I need to change. I may need to talk to God more. I may need to thank God more. So that's why I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving and prayer, especially leading up to the day Thanksgiving. Sometimes I know people say, that's a made-up holiday, but Thanksgiving should be every day. Prayer should be every day. So my hope is for all of us to learn and grow as we are led by the Spirit, as we, as we see what God's Word says, that we can encourage each other to keep growing and learning in these areas because I need encouragement. I know I thank God a lot, but I don't pray a lot. I sit at my desk and I say short prayers and little prayers, but I don't take time to just sit and listen to God and talk to God. So encourage me. I'm a preacher, but I need encouragement too. Wednesday we started midweek prayer meeting. Me and Ralph Sherman talked 
And he, he wanted to get it going again, but I'm like, let's get it going because I need it. So if you're free Wednesdays, we meet at 6 p.m. and we just pray. So let's pray today before we get into Philippians. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the people that are here and also the people that are listening online. I pray that we will have open ears ready to learn and grow in the area of thanksgiving and prayer. Help us to not waste our time here today. There's always room to grow. There's always room to learn. So help us to do that as we receive your word today. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't turned there already, we'll go to Philippians chapter 1. Now, Philippians was one of my favorite letters by Paul. It might be one of your favorites. But this letter, as you're turning there, I want to give you some background of this letter and why he wrote it, maybe. But the church at Philippi, he writes to believers there. And you see that in verse 1. To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. He wrote to all the believers there. Now this letter, if you read through it, it stands out because it's one of the most personal letters that Paul ever written. If you read all of them, this is the most personal one that he's written. He greets all the believers. And he mentions the overseers and deacons as well. But then he says... One of the main phrases there, to all God's holy people. He doesn't leave anybody out. He says, if you're a believer in Jesus at, this, at the city of Philippi, it's written to you. Nobody's left out. And he mentions Timothy's name there. Now, it doesn't mean that Timothy helped him write it. He could have. But it just means that the church at Philippi understands Timothy is an important person in Paul's life. Timothy's doing ministry with Paul. So if Timothy comes and I'm not coming in person, you can trust Timothy. You can listen to him. You can be encouraged by this young man, Timothy. If you go back, you don't have to turn there, but if you go back to Acts chapter 16, this is the start of the Philippi church. Now listen to this start of a church in Philippi. Timothy joins Paul and Silas on their journeys to different cities. They're traveling. Timothy joins them. Then they travel to Philippi. And on the Sabbath, look what they did. They went to the riverside expecting to find a prayer meeting. They expected to find a prayer meeting by the riverside. So we can already learn there, prayer is important. And then this is where we find Lydia. If you know who Lydia is, and other women praying. Lydia was a wealthy person. She's a sower of purple cloths and she's selling it. But she's leading this group of women praying by the riverside. She worships God. But then she responds to Paul's message. They're talking to each other and Lydia responds to Paul's message of Jesus. She and her household were baptized and persuaded Paul and his companions that she was indeed a believer. So they go to her house, meet with them. This is the beginning of the church at Philippi. 
You read on in Acts chapter 16. The next thing in Philippi, this female slave is predicting the future, the spirit in her, and her owners are gaining money off of her. She's healed of the spirit. And she probably joins the church at Philippi. She believes Jesus. Then you get to the next story. The Philippian jailer. There's an earthquake. He thinks everybody's escaped. He's going to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 no. We're all here. And what happens? The Philippian jailer becomes a believer in Jesus. Him and his household were baptized. He helps Paul, cleans up his wounds, and Silas as well. Paul and Silas, they eventually come out of the prison and went to Lydia's house and met with the brothers and sisters there and encouraged them. And then they left. This is an exclamation sentence. What a beginning of a church at Philippi. Isn't that a cool story? You start with Lydia and these women praying at the riverside. Paul and his companions come. They're expecting it. They talk. She becomes a believer. Her household is baptized. They go to this female slave. She's predicting the future that's healed. She's probably joined and loves Jesus and says yes. Then they're put in jail. Earthquake happens. Come out. They're all saved. What a beginning. People from all backgrounds leaders and lay people alike, at Philippi and in churches all over the world, God's holy people in Christ Jesus should be encouraged by what Paul has to say to these believers at Philippi. It's not just written for them. I think it's written for us today. I believe that. And then he goes on, before we even get into verse 3 through 11, verse 2, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? True grace and peace come from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. No other place. That's encouraging. True grace and true peace can only come from God. Nowhere else. Paul understood that there's no other way. Jody talked about it. The peace of Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other grace and peace that can come from anywhere else. Now we get into the text. This is one of my, a section I, I remember. And you'll see why. Because there's a verse in there that's, if you miss everything else but this one verse, you'll be encouraged today. Verse, let's read it all together. Philippians 1, 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, or all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, 
so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless on, for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. You heard the greeting. So after his greeting to all, did you catch that? All the believers at Philippi. This is how he starts off the content of his letter. What an encouragement this phrase is to hear to those who hear it from a person they love. I thank my God every time I remember you. This challenged me this week. I stopped my study. I was like, I'm just going to stop for 10 minutes, get out a piece of paper, look back at my life, every spot in my journey, and remember those who loved Jesus and was willing to encourage me in my faith as I grew up, in my faith. In 10 minutes or less, I had over 100 names. And there was many more I could have wrote down. I didn't even get to Ferris Church of Christ yet. Hundred plus names. I remembered them and thanked God for them. When people come into your mind, when you think of people that have encouraged you in your journey of faith, how do you respond? Do you thank God for them? Or do you just say, why did that name come up? I don't remember. This week it was one of thanksgiving for myself. That's a challenge for us all. Take ten minutes. Sit down. Piece of paper and a pen. And just write names of those who have encouraged you in your faith. But don't just write it down on a piece of paper. Say, thank you, God, for this person and the encouragement they were to me. Verse 4. We see... He's thanked God for them, okay? And then he says, In all my prayers for all of you again, all of you, I always pray with joy. When Paul prayed for these believers at Philippi, he prayed with joy. When we pray for other believers, do we pray with joy? Or do we say, Ah, oh, it's another task I have to do. Or do we say, this is another believer in Jesus. I'm going to pray for them with joy to my God. Paul did that. But you don't understand it all from that verse. 
We say, why does Paul pray with joy? What's the next verse say? This is my favorite verse. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Remember the start of the church at Philippi? Acts chapter 16, Lydia and the women praying at the riverside. From that day until now, you are a partner in the gospel with me, Paul says. The believers were in partnership with Paul. Some of you may look up Greek words. This word in Greek is koinonia. Now, this partnership or fellowship is not just a Sunday fellowship. We can come in here on Sunday and fellowship and be partners, right? And be like, okay, this is good. We're learning about Jesus, we're learning about God, we're encouraging each other, and then we leave the building and then we're all on our own. This is not just a Sunday thing. This word, koinonia, this is a fellowship which means sharing our lives with one another in Christ. We don't just come on Sundays and talk about life and how it's going and all the updates and things. We are doing life together in Christ Sunday through Saturday and then back again Sunday through Saturday, 365 days a year. Sharing with each other about what God is doing in your life. This means being honest and open with others. I definitely experienced a lot of sharing my life with others this week. Have you? Whether it's having a cup of coffee with somebody. We had a, we had a fire out here with some of the Russells on Friday night, sharing life together, learning about what God's doing. Are you sharing lives with other believers, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week, every day of the year? Listen to this. When you have Christ in common, age doesn't matter. I'm 36, and I like hanging out with the older men and women in the church. They're wise. It doesn't matter the age. We have Christ in common. Background doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from. I'm not a fisher or a hunter and you still accept me. <laughs> and even if we don't enjoy the same things, we can still share life together. Can't we? Then I keep reading this verse. All week. I keep reading this. I kept reading this verse all week. Every time I kept... We moved here two months ago, me and my family. Being a minister of the gospel message is important to me. It is. However, you are all partners in the gospel with me. From the time I started two months ago up until now, and Lord willing, beyond. Partners in the gospel. I thank my God every time I remember you. 
and pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. Verse 6. If this verse doesn't encourage you today, I don't know what will. I was thinking at my desk, I was like, if somebody's here just to hear this verse, it's worth it. Because if this does not encourage you, find something and tell me, this encourages me more than this verse. And I'll be like, uh, it's close, but not quite like this verse. Paul is confidently telling the believers, God's not done with them. He's not finished with you yet. He assures them and tells them something in a positive way that dispels all doubt. He says, I'm confident of this. There's no doubt that God is working in you and through you, and he's not done till Jesus comes back. If that doesn't encourage you, again, bring it to me and I'll tell you, nope, not close. Now, again, I stopped in my office and I said, what does this, how could this even encourage me even more? And I, that he, this God, who began a good work in you, and I thought about that, and this is what I thought of. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But it didn't stop there. Then I came to this verse. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And then it didn't stop there. Then I thought of Jesus when he said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God, who began a good work in you, will carry it out to the, carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God, we know God, the true God, sent His Son, Jesus, lived His life perfectly, died for our sins, rose again, and said, I have to ascend to my Father, but I'm not leaving you alone. The Holy Spirit is going to come, live inside of you, and teach you everything I taught you, and remind you everything I did. That's encouraging to me. God, there's Jesus, and now we have the Holy Spirit living in us. It's a mystery to me, but it's so encouraging. God's not done. God didn't create the world and say, I'm done, live your life. No, God said, okay, I need to send Jesus, my only son, to live a life, die. And then Jesus rose from the dead, and he's like, oh, I'm not done either. I'm going to go to the Father, but wait, wait, wait. I'm going to leave you someone, something, to live inside of you, to begin a work in you, and to continue it till I come back. 
Is there any more confidence or assurance we need to hear other than that? God who started a work in you individually, in us as Ferris Church of Christ, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is not finished with you or us yet until that day. Verses 7 and 8. Paul has the right to feel this way. He says, I have the right to feel this way about you all. All of them share in God's grace. Did you catch that? All of you share in God's grace with me. All of you. All the believers share. John Stott, in his Romans commentary, writes, God's grace, far from encouraging or condoning sin, is the spring and foundation of righteous conduct. If not for the grace of God, we wouldn't be here today. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the grace of God. But Paul understood the magnitude of God's grace and how it affects the lives of those who have been impacted by that grace. Think about your own life. If it wasn't for the grace of God, where would you be? Like I said, I don't know where I would be. Probably wouldn't be up here preaching the gospel. Probably wouldn't. Then verse 8 comes. Then there's more stuff to think about. God can testify how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Do you know what that word is in Greek? It's a fun one. Splagna. You know what that means? The inward parts. The bowels. That's the kind of affection that Paul had for the believers at Philippi. But it says the affection of Christ Jesus. The bowels were regarded as the seat of the more violent passions, such as anger and love, but by the Hebrews as the seat of of the tender affections, especially kindness, benevolence, compassion, hence our heart, a heart in which mercy resides. Paul says the affection of Christ Jesus, and when you think of the affection of Christ Jesus, Jody hit on it earlier, Jesus had compassion on people. If you go to the Gospels and he comes across a leper or the Anybody that has a disease, didn't matter who it was, Jesus had compassion on them. Splagna. From the deepest inward parts of his entire being, he said, I care about you. That's how Paul feels about the Philippi believers. Do we feel that way toward other believers? Be thankful for God's grace that has given us a new perspective on how to live our lives and allows us to have deep affection for one another. When we have this deep affection, we'll see somebody and say, I have compassion on you. You're hurting right now? I'm going to be with you. You need help in this area? I'm going to be with you. But it's all 
we go back, we all share in God's grace. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're not better than the person sitting next to us. We all share in the same grace. And that's how Paul can say, I have this deep affection for you. Do we have deep affection for each other here at Ferris Church of Christ? Verse 9 through 11, this is his prayer that he prays to the Philippian believers. He wants them to know that he's praying for them in specific ways. You know, you can pray, but you might not be specific. But Paul here is very specific in what he's praying for these believers. This also is an encouraging challenge for us to pray these things for ourselves and our church. This is my prayer for Ferris Church of Christ, that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Let us not forget that we can love more than we already do. The love tank is never full. Is it half full, half empty? It's never full. You can always love more. Do you believe that? You can always love more. As we gain more knowledge and insight, I pray that we will be able to discern what is best. There's another word. Discernment. What is best? John Sobrino a Jesuit theologian said this, By Christian discernment, I understand the particular quest for the will of God, not only to understand it, but also to carry it out. There's one thing to understand something. I know a lot about God. I know a lot about Jesus. I know the Holy Spirit's work. I know that. That's one thing. But when you understand it, and your love is abounding more and more, you're going to, carry it out. You're going to show somebody the love that you have for them. The community that you love them. It's one thing to know, but it's another thing to know and do. Don't stop at the no. You've got to carry it out. You've got to do something. So as we grow, let us discern what is best. Now, some things you can do, it might not be the best thing, but what can we do that's the best thing? That's what we need to try to discern. Now, one thing to remember, again, I was sitting at my desk. How are we transformed? Are we transformed on our own doing? like, look what I did. Look how much I know. I've read the Bible front and back about a hundred times. Look how much I know. I'm transformed, right? Who transforms us? Going back to verse 6, who's working in us? God. God is the only one that can transform us. This is the prayer that Paul was praying filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. There's no other transformation. 
You can't do it on your own. God has to do it. And Jesus is the start. We believe in Jesus. He saves you. He, he redeems you. And then we have the Holy Spirit that's in you, transforming you from the inside out. There's a song from the inside out. I challenge you, go listen to it. Because if our insides, what's inside of us isn't transformed, I don't think it's going to come out on the outside. But if we think we're transformed on the outside and our inside's not very transformed, it's not going to do any good, right? So you've got to be transformed from the inside out. Paul prayed for the believers. And I want to encourage you with this statement. It is an encouragement to us to know that we are prayed for by our friends. Paul was a friend to these believers. And when you get when you when a friend tells you I have been praying for you for a long time. It's encouraging. You didn't ask for the prayer. But when somebody comes up to you, a friend that you trust, that you love, that says, I've been praying for you. I hope you're doing all right. How you doing? That's encouraging. So, what can we do about what we heard today? I'll give you four things. Write an encouraging letter to a fellow believer. Think of somebody that has encouraged you in your faith. Write them an encouraging letter. Number two, thank God for the other believers He has put in your life. Mention them by name in your prayers. You might be there all day. Number three, be assured that God's not finished with you. He started a work in you and He's going to complete it. Be assured of that today. And number four, pray for the Ferris family. Pray verses 9 through 11 for this church. There's four simple things we can do. Pick one, or all of them. But I encourage you to do something this week about thanksgiving and prayer. Because we all need to do more of it. We can always grow and learn in these areas. Three weeks isn't enough, is not enough to learn about them. But it's a start. And I'll close with this. You see it at the end of verse 11. All the glory and praise belongs not to believers, but to God. All that is done in Paul's life here, he says, all this is to the glory and praise of God, not ourselves. So think about that. Thanksgiving and prayer. Can we grow and can we learn in these areas? For sure. So be encouraged today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning that we can learn from Paul about Thanksgiving and prayer. Help us today and this week to find time to be thankful and to find time to pray. Thank you for your love for us and how we are partners in the gospel together. 
Help us to share life together Sunday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we sing this song, if you need to make a decision, any decision, if you need prayer for something, I'll be up here. If you want to believe in Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Today is not going away yet. So make a decision if you need to. I'll be right up here. And all praise goes to God. Nobody else. Let's go ahead and stand.